the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Do you know my biggest regret? Well, financially different than life regret. Maybe I regret the one that got away. Maybe I regret not dedicating myself a little bit more to collegiate soccer, which would have led to professional soccer. I don't know. Maybe I regret, you know, uh, there's some things that you probably regret. I don't live with a lot of regrets, but you know, my biggest financial regret is I didn't buy more of the stock market when it was down in 2008. The financial crisis, the Great Recession. My biggest financial regret is I didn't buy more in 2000, 2002, when the stock market got hit because of overvaluations in tech and then terrorism in 9-11. I wish I had bought more. Um, This is a -a once-in-a-lifetime buying opportunity, but it's tough to see that. You still have to be correct in what you're buying. You can't just go out and say, well, I want to buy a Wrangler because they're better jeans than Levi's. You can't make those kind of decisions. You got to buy what you want. What you need is probably a better idea than what you want. Are we done going down? I don't know. We don't know what the curveballs are going to be in the responses to COVID-19. We know that the stock market told us that winter is coming, a recession, when it dropped 20%, 30%, 40%. And then it bounced, boom. And now we're back in a bull market because we're 20% above our recent lows. That seems silly because we haven't even gone through the recession. But maybe that's what Wall Street's going to do. I don't know. I'm not expecting a V-shaped recovery to the economy. Therefore, I'm not expecting a V-shaped recovery to the stock market. Plus, we ended the year or started the year better on a very high valuation with high expectations that earnings are going to kick butt. Now we know earnings aren't going to kick butt, but we still have those high valuations. But we've wiped out some of those high valuations. Now we have to start looking to 5G and Xbox and future demand for fight viruses and shots and the healthcare system. And banks just feel all wrong because the 10-year interest rate is under 1%. But short-term, the government's saying, hey, if you guys do loans, we'll scratch your back if you scratch their back. So this is a -a once-in-a-lifetime buying opportunity. I have a young producer who got into throwing some money into the stock market through something silly like Acorns. I love Acorns. I use Acorns. Is it my primary retirement vehicle? No, it's my 401k and my outside investments in companies like Apple. But the idea of, you know, poor dude. He had been investing for all of six months at all-time highs, all-time highs, all-time highs, four months, three months, two months, all-time highs. All- and then, boom, everything that he did was kind of wiped out because the market went down 30% after going up 30% last year. 
and he has to be scratching his head like, is this game rigged? No, it's a once-in-a-lifetime buying opportunity for a long-term patient investor, and that's where the rub gets in the long-term patient investor. I've been through two of these massive, massive pullbacks, and they're not fun. This is my third. I regret not buying more two times ago. I'm not regret buying more, not buying more one time ago, and I'll regret not buying more this time. I don't know if I'll regret it in March or April or June or July or early 2021. I don't know. But I'm seeing some once-in-a-lifetime prices on great companies like Disney and Nike. Um, if you're a long-term patient investor, you don't want to buy at all-time highs. This is your opportunity to get 10 20 30% off all-time highs, of which there's a theory out there that all-time highs don't last forever. Um, and you should take some money off the table and, and you know try to rebalance, so to speak. I rebalanced at the end of last year, and it felt stupid because the market kept going higher. I took some of my winners, and I diversified into some of my areas that um, I needed exposure to. Maybe a little bit more Asia because Asia was so weak. And now Asia is showing strength in manufacturing and coming back faster in the U.S. markets. But the U.S. markets are, man, we are tightly wound. We go down fast. We come up fast. Stories out there are, are, are sucking. They're awful. They're bad. The pandemic, New York, are we going to start celebrating sideways deaths and plenty of ventilators and stuff like that? I don't know. GM's going to supply 30,000 ventilators in a $500 million contract. One-third of Americans missed rent payments in April. A growing number of Americans are pessimistic on the economy. A company like TJ Maxx, where we can go and get you know, cheap clothes, they're laying off 286,000 staff. Here's a, here's a weird thought. What if this virus hit us in October versus March? This is probably the best time to have a pandemic in the U.S. economy. If we get back to traveling in summer, and if we get back to spending in the fall for school, and if we get back to Christmas time holiday shopping. If you're talking about when would you want a pandemic to hit? Now, again, we lost big business in basketball and NHL. Um, baseball, I don't know. So football, that does seem to be a big one for Americans. Like you could take... My money, you can take my job, you can have my wife, you can have my dog, you can have my kids, but don't take my away my Sunday NFL football game. I need it. FedEx is hired today. Amazon said they're going to stop a competing service because even though Amazon wants to get into more corporate delivery of documents and things that compete with a FedEx, they also want to have all their, their manufacturing, not their manufacturing, but their um, deliveries. They want to deliver there right now, so they're shifting their focus on, you know, uh, warehousing and drivers because of the surge of deliveries during the pandemic. So they're putting off a business that may be frozen up anyway. But FedEx stock is moving higher on that news today. Uh, FedEx, man, uh, there was a great company that has just done things poorly. Their decisions on expansion, poor. Their uh, logistics centers, poor decisions. Like, Sadly, when they just had UPS to compete with, we were all good with it. 
And like the United States Postal Service didn't compete with a FedEx. So we were like, meh. But it, when Amazon gets into that game, we'll be like, will Amazon beat them on delivery? Probably. Will Amazon beat them on price? Likely. So that's bad news for them. Staples saying that they're going to stop paying their rent. That's one of those, man, we do not know the ramifications of this yet. You know, yesterday when I was talking about courts going online and streaming custody battles over children on YouTube as a way of saving lives and as a way of keeping it open legally to the public, um, jobs are being lost. Um, One area that is pretty interesting is some like consumer staples versus consumer discretionary. There's a lot of battles going on on Wall Street right now. Low oil prices are really, really bad. In the short term, really, really good because it kind of relieves the pain at the pump. It would be great for airlines, except for the airlines aren't flying right now. Some have cut 50%. Some have cut 90%. Winter is coming. Is a recession coming? Stock market is telling us it is. The oil market is telling it definitely is. Where do we go from here? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. The stories were very bleak for about a month. Wall Street reacted to that in a nervous fashion, but also in a smart fashion, thinking six months in advance. I think the bond market is showing you there's a lot of stress in the current economy. I think the stock market's saying that in the future, we're going to have a recession. Now, we've, we've lost enough market value that we could say, okay, that's a recession. Somewhere around 20 to 30%, we could say that's built in. 35%, really bad recession. down, maybe that's a two-year recession. I'm not telling you where on the line that you could say that is equal to that because it's it's not a science. It's more of an art. When the markets and the transports lead the market lower, it's telling you there's not an expectation for future activity. Um, So the market's telling us the next six months are going to be bad. We've gone and we've moved away from a stock market that was, you know, perpetually focused in on COVID. And it's jumped from Seattle to San Francisco. It's jumped from San Francisco to New York City. It's jumped from Paris to Seattle to like, you've seen the numbers. And it's pretty alarming stuff. You've heard the horror stories tied towards it. It's a... um, it's a germ that can go through the, the sewers and crawl into your bedroom at night, into your nose, 10 floors below you. The person's sick. And it creeps up 10 floors. Like, that's pretty scary. So that's something we're dealing with at this point in time. Um, the scary part is it's thrown into the market at this point. We've been warned by the Surgeon General. We've been warned by the president on numbers of deaths. So now we need to start focusing the stock market I'm using my stock market insight here. The stock market needs to start focusing on how bad are the economic data numbers get. And they're going to be bad. 
Shortly after yesterday's open, the S&P 500 opened up 3.5%, but by the close, it was down. We couldn't hold. That's a problem. But it's also not a negative scenario. If we were closing down 200, 300, 400, 500, starting down 200, 300, 400, 500, then we would say a little bit more sideways kind of scenarios aren't a bad thing. They're not necessarily a good thing. Maybe we're waiting for another shoe to fall. Maybe we're saying, okay, we don't think it's going to get worse. Let's see if it gets worse. The White House is looking into aggressively right now on how to restart the economy, when to restart the economy, where to restart the economy. And I think a lot of it's going to go into quote unquote hot spots. Um, COVID testing, COVID-19 testing capabilities. There's some nations now that if you've been tested, you get a certificate, which is kind of weird. But we're also starting to talk about life after the pandemic or life, what it's going to look like come fall. And it's going to look a little bit different when we restart the economy. It's certainly great news out there to hear that New York has hit a plateau phase or is near a plateau phase. I don't want you to become too Pollyanna and think it's like happy days are here again, pushing all my chips and uh, uh-uh. there's still some states that are going to go through some pain. Some states have not imposed stay at home orders and that's going to complicate when does, when do we get a handle and how tight of a handle is this or a seal, you know, Texas and Florida and Georgia, only recently instituted statewide stay-at-home orders. It seems to have worked really effectively in the Bay Area. Not so much in New York. Um, I'm not going to talk any more COVID at this point in time. I'll, I'll talk about like the NBA players may have to give back some of their money. Tesla is going through a pretty painful salaried employee cut and... Uh, they're going through some pretty tough, you know, furloughs on hourly employees. That's not great news for them. They've got a ton of cash. You may remember back in the early days of 2020, Tesla stock went crazy, going from 400 to 800, 900 dollars, and Tesla said, you know, we're going to sell some shares at 800. And that looks pretty smart in hindsight that they raised money selling at a high. So the new pay cuts at Tesla follows their first quarter, which was pretty good. It pleased investors. It exceeded expectations. But yeah, Tesla's doing a little bit of let's let's protect our cash. The acting Navy secretary quit after he ripped a captain who was pleading for help over coronavirus. We are politically still not in a good place. The price of rice is the price of rice is rising. The price of oil is dropping. Fascinating study on just you know what moves markets. When economies are good, we're getting it on planes. When economies are good, we're firing up factories. When economies are good, you get the idea, right? And when things get a little bit tougher, like ooh, let's hoard the rice. Rice is up seven percent. That's a big number, hitting seven-year highs. Some benchmark prices for rice up 12%. So, like, let's say a bowl of rice costs you a dollar. 
Now this year it's going to be a buck twelve. Did you get a twelve percent raise in pay? That's why we pay attention to things like inflation. And India and Vietnam, they are set to. I'm not going to call it white gold or because I'm not going that direction, but they have a commodity that's in demand. But they also deal with a lot of things with their with their commodities, like droughts. I'm not a commodity guy. Let me stop and explain that for just a second. I think you can get everything done in your world of investing. In Let's create wealth from age 20 to 60, and let's live off your wealth from 60 to 100. I think you can do that without owning one single commodity. I've never said, you know, boy, I need to own a, a bushel of corn. I'm going to sell it to farmers at a, a lower price or a higher price based on weather or based on spoilage. I, a lot of people make investing too difficult for themselves. I had a friend last year who he was fascinated with Beyond Meat. I'm like, buy some. Get a small amount and think of it as Vegas. You're probably going to lose. But you'll feel like you did something. You'll feel like you were involved. The moment the stock stopped going up, he stopped being interested in it. And he's moved on because it's no longer as interesting to him that you know everyone wants to get in on that and get up 10 bucks a day. In hindsight, I regret the days of the dot-com boom, the original one back in the 90s. There were days where companies would IPO at 30 bucks a share and close at 90. You, I was making you know egregious trades, and I, I miss those days. But at the same time, I don't want to get you guys in trouble. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Hopefully, you're reading some books during some of your downtime or home time. Hopefully, you're less busy on some levels. I don't think that's going to happen. McDonald's global same store sales down 22% in March. Not that bad of a number. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. I'm waking up each and every day, probably about 4 o'clock, checking futures before I go to bed, checking futures when I wake up, just to kind of see how the day is going to play out. One of the areas that I do that is with Briefing.com and Patrick O'Hare. He comes to us every Wednesday at this time. We can talk to him right here, right now. Patrick O'Hare, Briefing.com. These are interesting days, to say the least. Um, week to week, the story's changing ever so slightly. I like reading your stuff this week, in large part, because we're starting to focus more on earnings. We're starting to focus on other things other than death tolls. How you doing, Mr. O'Hare? Hey, Rob. Good morning. I'm doing okay. Thanks. So I didn't dislike your stuff last week, but it seems like this, <laughs> the Wall Street story is getting a little bit more diverse right now, other than just death and information well you know the the performance of the market would would make one think that it's trying to look you know to the other side of things you okay. know and um and of course throughout this whole experience um everyone has been resolute in this notion that you know this it's, it's not a question of if this gets beaten it's when right okay. and um 
you know, and there's been some emerging um, commentary that would suggest, at least in the case of New York and New Jersey, maybe, you know, that you're kind of hitting nearing that plateauing phase, which everyone is obviously eager to see. Um, and I think you're seeing in the stock market in its unique way um, is reacting to that and probably overreacting to it, uh, in, in my estimation, at, at this juncture. But, um, it, you know, it's been nice a nice development, obviously, for people who have been uh, unfortunately accustomed over these last five weeks or so to seeing the market uh, typically trade down as opposed to up. <laughs> It's definitely pretty interesting times, and um, you used a word in your opening bell column today, which is an area that I think everyone should have kind of a go-to to start the day as far as information goes. Um, use the word Pollyanna, and you don't want to be Pollyanna and like treat the disease weekly, and you don't want to like not pay attention to the economy and not pay attention to future earnings. Like McDonald's came out with some numbers, Costco is going to come out with some numbers. But I love the word Pollyanna and how you used it today um, to kind of start, kick off, so to speak, some of your market commentary. Yeah, you know, I, I do think that um, it, because because the news has been so uh, negative, pessimistic, uh, as it relates to the impact of COVID-19, both from a health standpoint and an economic standpoint, right, it's when you get any glimmer of a hope, that's obviously, you know, great to hear. And uh, But I do think that you know, uh, the market is uh, assigning too much uh, credence to the notion that uh, everything is just going to be switched back on and go back back to normal like it was. I mean, that that's my uh, view of uh, this, this rally we've seen unfold in the past few sessions. And, um, you know, and that's been helped along, obviously, by some short covering activity, which can exacerbate the gains. But, um, but it's really, I mean, logically, it's really hard to uh, agree to that notion that, you know, because New York is hearing a plateau phase, that then everything just falls into place smoothly, lights get switched back on, everyone goes back to work, and lo and behold, you know, we're back to where we were. And, um, you know, one of the other things that, you know, I've been pondering is that, you know, you hear all the time here is that there was nothing fundamentally wrong with the economy um, going into this phase, right? And and that's true to a certain extent. Um, but but that's kind of also extrapolating from that, this notion that then once you get past all of the health issues here that need to be rectified, that, that you do flip the switch and you go back to normal. But but lost in that, I think, in, is that we do now have something fundamentally wrong with the economy, and it's not going to get rectified, you know, overnight. I, you know, it pains me to say that, but I think it's just the reality of the situation that uh, this economic pain is running deep and wide. And, um, you know, from business owners I've talked to, you know, uh, anecdotal, I know, but, you know, they're all saying that, look, I I'm, I can't afford to bring, you know, everyone back right away. You know, I don't know what my business is going to look like. Um, I have to restart my business. And that's why, you know, kind of like what you're going to see, I think, is as, as you hear pundits say you need to leg into the stock market here if you're thinking about investing. Well, 
on the flip side, business owners and the like are going to be legging into this recovery. Um, it, it's going to be happening incrementally. Things will get better, and that's good. But they're not going to. It's not going to be a night and day situation. Uh, we don't think. Right. I think Fauci said it really well yesterday when he talked about kids going back to school in the fall. He goes, I think they're going to go back to school in the fall, but it's going to be different. And that phrase, it's going to be different. Um, I could see restaurants saying, let's get your temperature. You can't come in with a fever. Disney said they may do that exact kind of thing. And that'll obviously slow things down, but it'll help the sales of thermal thermometers for sure. So there's going to be some winners and losers. Um, is that fair to say at this point in time? Like, for instance, my savings have gotten better. I've paid down some debt. I'm not doing expensive restaurants. I'm not doing expensive trips right now. Are there some bright sides to this um, COVID-19 shutdown, would you say? Well, you, you know. Or not really. Are, well, no, no, there are. I mean, like, like there's opportunity in, in every situation, I think. And you kind of you know, touched on um, on one and as it relates to, you know, uh, taking temperatures. Well, obviously, you know, there's going to be a, you know, there's already an industry around that. Um, but sure. there are companies that are going to benefit from the pickup and that, you know, that need. Um, you know, we've. I think talked before in recent weeks, and you hear a lot now about uh, the rise of, of telemedicine. Basically, um, that's here to stay, and that's only going to continue to to improve. Um, you know, you you. I think what we're seeing here is that uh, it's really been impressive, essentially, how the nation's you know network capacity has been able to uh, hold up so well here, with so many people now shifting to home and. and and doing e-learning and, and actually conducting their businesses from home to the extent that they can. Um, there's going to be a lot of investment, I think, in that area, um, you know, which you know, will supplement, obviously, the, the shift of 5G as well. So so there is certainly opportunity um, that, that's going to show up here. But, um, but I do think that, you know, when you talk about, you know, an improved savings situation, right, that, that's, that's great. You know, um, it, it kind of lends itself to some pent-up spending potential down the road when you feel right. more comfortable doing that, right? Um, but in the, in the meantime, though, the, uh, uh, obviously this increased savings is going to be an impediment to uh, uh, facilitating stronger levels of economic growth. The more people save, obviously they're not out there spending that money. And, of course, consumer spending is the biggest component of U.S. GDP. So let's throw it back to you and say, you've got two minutes. Give us your final thoughts. What are you working on? What are you looking for? Is there anything that we should be aware of at this point in time? Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, we, we talk so much about stocks, obviously. And, um, you know, and I think what's really going to be integral uh, as we assess the trajectory of the recovery is what happens in the credit markets. Uh, the Fed has done, you know, a great deal of, of commendable work here to try to keep credit markets functioning. But, you know, one area I'd be looking at as kind of giving some sense in terms of the trajectory of the economic recovery effort is what goes on with um, uh, credit spreads and, and how they're responding here, because they'll be a reflection of the markets uh, thinking about uh, repayment risk. Uh, and from there, uh, can you know, will help develop uh, uh, an assessment of how quickly banks are going to start lending more freely, um, you know, in an effort to help get this economy going again in, in a stronger fashion. Thanks very much. People can find you at briefing.com. We are in an interesting stock market, to say the least. 
one of the things that Patrick O'Hare brought up was telemedicine. And one of the things that I really like about briefing.com is I could take telemedicine and I can use it as a keyword and search for it. There's a stock that I'm seeing. I don't have access to Bloomberg or CNBC to see what stories are breaking. I have access to Bloomberg, but I don't like using Bloomberg's content um, because it's a little bit wonky on transferring it from screen to radio. But I just took a look and I saw eHealth was down big today. So while Patrick was talking to me, I punched up ticker symbol EHTH. And there's like six stories on what's happening with eHealth today. And there's basically um, an analyst, uh, a big-time investor, saying that he's taken a short position on the company. And he thinks the stock's worth a lot less than it currently is. He thinks it's worth $20 versus $116. I'm pulling all this information off of briefing.com. And Patrick O'Hara kind of writes a morning piece, which I love. He writes a weekly piece, which I think is solid. Um, and that kind of endorsement is huge. Uh, but to also be able to use the service in a kind of an alternative way and say, what is that story today on eHealth? And why is it collapsing? Isn't this supposed to be the glorious time for companies? And it's, it's, it is and it isn't. A lot of doors have opened, but um, how shall we say, fulfilling the, the promises for Zoom and for eHealth, maybe they move too much on too many expectations. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Started the year 2020 with the roaring stock market that continued to melt up. We hit a plateau that we've never hit before, a 10-year bull market that we're like, woohoo, that's the longest ever. And then it wasn't. And it went from a very curious January, we're like, hey, we hear a little something's going on in China, to things are getting bad in China in February, too. That wouldn't come to the United States, would it? Oh, yeah, it came. And the markets reacted. And the swift speed that governments have shut down their states um, is going to push us into a recession. Recession. It's probably going to help the hospital system. COVID-19 in history, I think, is going to be remembered as it was a major strain to the hospital system. And doctors and nurses and anyone who works at a hospital is our, our our heroes. When the system got strained, how did they respond? There's been a lot of finger pointing between Republicans and Democrats. That's unfortunate, but it is what it is. In this mess of things, oil has collapsed. $40 a barrel, $30 a barrel, $25 a barrel, $20 a barrel, $15 a barrel, like it's been a pretty bad run, and that create that wipes out trillions of dollars of stock market wealth. Stock market is a reflection of how you would value corporations. So we've changed how we value them from February to March. April is turning out to be a little bit more of a battling month um, as we're starting to get a little bit more data. Some of the data looks pretty ugly. How many people are going to die? 220,000 Americans is the high estimate, I think, on the markets right now. And Wall Street's saying, we can live with that. A week ago or two weeks ago, when we didn't know, was it going to be a million or 200,000? Or 
And then the experts are now saying way less than 200,000. So we're like, okay, it's, it's demon known. You're seeing Wall Street react to that. Some of the questions are being answered, maybe. That's the big the issue here is that even though we appear to be turning the tide, um, you don't want to be a Pollyanna. McDonald's, Costco, corporations are starting to come out and tell us, like, how is the quarter going? Whether it be through earnings and or just updates, I like that. It's more information. I now no longer have to wonder, I wonder what all this carryout business is doing for McDonald's. Is it killing business or is it helping business? Is it more profitable? Like when you see the commercials for get a free, you know, uh, Whopper. The fine print is you have to get $35 of food delivered. And that's a lot of fast food. But you get a free Whopper, which what is the cost of a Whopper? And I don't know. This is like me being on price or right where you're like, this guy's out of touch. Is a Whopper $3.50 or $4? I don't know. But to get a free one, you got to get 35 So we don't know how bad this is going to be. One-third of Americans missed rent payments in April. That's a big number. Now, what's interesting about that is if you compare it to a month earlier, it was 19% of Americans missed rent payments. Now it's 31%. The 19% is a pretty big number, too. And again, we're saying, what exactly is pre-COVID and what's post-COVID and what's acceptable? Now, I own property, and so far my tenants paying me, and I've got enough of a buffer in my life that I can like miss a payment or two. He can miss a payment or two to me. But a third of people aren't paying rent. That's a big number, and it does have a real consequence, right? Americans are losing confidence, or the correct way of saying it, they're increasingly more alarmed about the economy. That's putting a chokehold on future spending. Hey, my bathroom, it's got some cracks in it. It's 10 years old. You're supposed to upgrade your, or you could upgrade your bathrooms every 10 years. And I'm probably going to hold off a year just in case I don't want to burn through a $10,000 or $20,000 upgrade. And I'd rather put that in the market and get, woo, 30% in a year, and then I can get a nicer bathroom. So fear of the economy getting worse might hold me back. The NBA is talking with the NBA Players Association about clawing back some of the salaries. There's people like Kevin Durant, who wasn't going to play all year long, had an ankle issue or something along those lines. Tendon, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. But they're saying, you know, if we only played 50% of our games and the season's canceled, why are we paying him for playing 82, even though he's been hurt? Like, there's going to be some drama there, some backroom drama. That you and I never hear about. Markets opened higher. They pulled back, and they're moving higher again. The Dow's up 260. The SP 500's up 30. The Nasdaq's up 86. The Russell 2000's up. It's a broad market move. The Russell's up the most. Russell 2000 is a group of small cap companies, typically located in the United States, typically doing most of their business in the United States. So you don't have to worry about foreign truck, foreign currency transactions. You don't have to worry about. Um, does their biggest market outside the United States get hit or not? They don't have a big market outside the United States. Kraft Heinz CEO says mac and cheese sales are soaring. (laughs) 
invest in the healthcare system. Trust me, you're saying, but it's already run up with a pandemic. Diabetes is coming. In Game of Thrones, winter was coming. In the United States, diabetes is coming. I've packed on a few pounds. Um, before I get back into TV, I'm going to need two, three weeks to get into fighting shape. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. McDonald's global same-store sales down 22% in March. We're starting to see how it hits. Um, coronavirus drug trials are going to be very dramatic for stocks like Gilead, ticker symbol G-I-L-D. Um, as the report positives and negatives, you can see these stocks run you know, considerably higher or lower. Um, Gilead, I think, is a great long-term name. GlaxoSmithKline is a great long-term name. Are they investable for you? I don't know. Consult a worker, advisor for taking actions on anything I ever mentioned. I, I think we're going to be consuming more healthcare. I think that's what's going to come out of this. And diabetes will be continue to be treated in the future as we eat more Kraft macaroni and cheese, as rice prices climb 7%. I'm Rob Black. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com or robblackshow.com. 